0: Welcome to the I Love to Watch You Play podcast. Today's guest, Dr. Amy Saltzman. So I found Dr. Saltzman because I ordered her book, A Still Quiet Place for Athletes, um, on Amazon one day and fell in love with it. And my daughter and I read the whole thing cover to cover. Um, There's so many cool practical um, exercises in it. And I'm so excited to have you here, Dr. Saltzman. Let me give you or give our listeners a brief run through of what your background is. You were a longtime athlete, a gymnast in college at Stanford until injuries cut that short. Um, You started bike racing and were doing that through medical school and then started your own holistic medicine practice practice, where you are currently the director of A Still Quiet Place is what it's called. Um, Of course you've written books and you're also the mom of a a professional athlete. So there's a lot we want to learn from you so let's get started.
1: What drew you to mindfulness? Gymnastics was my first mindfulness practice. I just didn't have that word or know that at the time. But in gymnastics, perhaps more than most sports, you need to be mindful, or you're going to be on your behind on the mat. So (laughs) um, I think my my first introduction to mindfulness really was my gymnastics, and then it kind of came full circle after teaching mindfulness to patients with chronic pain and chronic illness, and parents, and then my own children, and then children more broadly, and then kind of coming back to my first love and bringing my loves of sports and mindfulness together.
0: Okay, terrific. Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier on the book, and I've been telling you this, it's full of so much good information. This was a really challenging interview for me to prepare for because I wanted to talk about everything so we'll have to have you back to talk about other things. But today we're going to focus on it's parents feeling overly attached to the performance or outcomes of what's happening on the field. And, and a lot of times they probably don't even realize that.
1: Yeah, I can definitely explain. And I think before we do that, it might be helpful to start with just a simple definition of mindfulness and then to break it down. So my definition of mindfulness is paying attention here and now with kindness and curiosity, so that we can choose our behavior. So I'm gonna take those three pieces and break them down. So paying attention here and now means doing our best to be aware of what's happening in the moment, not obsessing about the past or worrying or fantasizing about the future. With kindness and curiosity means being gentle and curious about what our experience actually is, because otherwise we, either as parents or as athletes, can just tend to beat ourselves up. And that's not particularly helpful. And then the crucial part, the reason we pay attention with kindness and curiosity is so that we can choose our behavior. So as a parent, and I've certainly done it myself, um, when I'm mindful and I am become aware that I'm overly attached to my child's performance, whether it's athletic performance or academic performance, what I notice for myself is that there can tend to be a lot of thinking and there's kind of a tension, like a nervous tension in my body. And it almost has a leaning forward kind of feeling like on the edge of my seat. And those
0: when you're, when you're leading the ball or the, <laughs> with your body, I think. Yeah.
1: Of... And well, and like, I think um, it's funny, I'm reading Ali Raceman's autobiography right now. And I don't know if you've seen that video, but in the Olympics, um, you watch her parents, her parents. watching her, and they're like each move, they're like this. And um, it's sweet and it's love. And at the same time, there is something about it that tells us, I mean, there can be just the pure parental joy of it. And we want to be careful of, um, really being there for our kids kind of without an agenda. And that's definitely easier said than done. And the first thing is for us to do is to actually acknowledge when we do have an agenda and take responsibility for it. Um, and just say, like, you know, I think I'm being overly attached and I can't actually hear what you're saying about your difficulty with your practice or your difficulty with your teammate or your difficulty with your coach or just that, like, your body's toast and you need a rest. Like, I'm too invested. Mm-hmm.
0: But you you talk about in the book uh, something called befriending feelings. Is this to help with this or is this another subject? I know... Uh, oh.
1: The the defending feelings, it it has two pieces. And we'll talk, since we're on the parent topic, we'll talk about um, the parents first. Like Mm -hmm. when you're aware that you are anxious or excited, like you can actually take a moment and check in with yourself and feel how -hmm. that actually feels in your body. So again, that anxious feeling like we kind of, we lean forward, we're like this, We might be clenching our fists. We might be muttering things to the person next to us. And it's not, that's not bad. It's just like noticing, oh, wow, look at all this energy that I'm bringing to this. And then you gently, you can say like, okay, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to let that feeling be there, but I'm not going to live it out and yell at my child or yell at the ref or yell at the coach. I'm just going to let that wave of feeling pass Mm -hmm. and return my attention to the game or decide that I can't return my attention to the game. And I am going to get up and take a walk or go take pictures or even just close my eyes and maybe just listen without watching for a minute, just to kind of reset
0: Mm-hmm. And for the the first thing, as you mentioned, is just knowing that you're doing this right, right. So to get to that point. It's hearing conversations like this. It's what knowing you have a problem, having like maybe your kid tell you or I mean, like, how do you get some of these parents to that first step?
1: Well, I think, first of all, anyone who's listening is already um they're thinking about it. So congratulations for that. And um, I, I think there's two things, like I think somewhere deep down inside, we actually know, but then there's also that part of us that says, well, I'm not that, that hockey dad or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so the first thing is is to really like at your next game or your next competition, or even the next practice, like go, And bring your awareness with you and be curious, like, really, what am I thinking when Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the bleachers? What are my thoughts? And you you know when, like, even if if you're not saying anything, when you're thinking, go, 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 pass it. Oh, no, don't do that. Like, and it like just, and again, not beating ourselves up, not judging ourselves, but just like, what, how, who am I when I come to my child's competition? How do I behave? What, what does it feel like in my body? Like, can I watch with, with joy um, and not get too excited or too deflated? Um, or am I like a big ball of nerves? And again, if you're a big ball of nerves, it's like, okay, I'm a big ball of nerves and I'm gonna make some space for that. I'm gonna be kind about that. And then we come to the choosing my behavior and I'm gonna choose, I'm gonna promise myself, I'm not gonna speak or act out of that space because that's not helpful for my child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's steps. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, what were you gonna no, say? No, it's fine. The other thing is in the book, there's a whole process for like, if you wanna do a more involved process, um, There's uh, some written exercises about really exploring what, what are my thoughts and feelings about my child's participation in sport. And then the next couple pages you give to your child and you get to ask your child what is their experience of your participation in their sport. And there's really interesting data, and I can send you the link for this. But there's a beautiful study out of Canada looking at um, junior elite tennis players and they actually interview the tennis players in groups and they clearly made it a very safe environment for these players to speak. And they talk about what is helpful for them um, in what their parents do and what is not so helpful. And what we need to keep, the bottom line of the whole study is that what we need to keep in mind as parents is so many of the things that we intend to be supportive feel like pressure to our kids. Mm -hmm. And so there is a structure in the book for sitting down and having a a conversation. And really our job in this conversation as parents is to listen to our kids without defending, without explaining, without yes budding, without justifying, and just hear how it is for them. Like, and to ask them, like, what do I do that's supportive? What do I do that drives you absolutely nuts? Um, what would you? What am I not doing that you'd like me to do um, to be more like more supportive and less pressuring while yeah. while you're training and competing?
0: I think that's such a great a great distinction because we do we think we're being supportive, and it really comes out as pressure and. It takes a long time to to figure out that difference and to figure out that you might not be helping your athlete. I mean, it, it's it's a journey, right? I mean, when did you or what did you do with your son, and did you have all these tools or daughter? I'm not sure, but did yeah, you have- it's
1: it's interesting. Um- I was lucky to have a mindfulness practice before I had kids. So that was really helpful, but it doesn't mean I didn't, you know, stumble and make, you know, make mistakes and do do or say things I wished I hadn't done along the way, but just noticing that feeling like that sense of urgency, um, you know, and I've been a crazy sports parent in moments. It took me a while to realize that um, my daughter was playing elite level soccer it took me a while to hear that that wasn't her true passion. Um, and, you know, it's, I think the biggest thing is listening and listening without our own agendas. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard. Yeah.
0: Um, it's hard to put, you got to always put your child first and their needs and it it is really difficult to separate the two and easy to convince yourself that you're actually putting their needs first when you're not. (laughs) Right. All right, Dr. Saltzman, let's move on now to anxiousness. And I know it's a topic that I love to watch you play and in my teams, on my kids' sports teams, parents are always talking about and asking for advice on, which is their kids feel really anxious before a big game or a big tournament or even some before practice.
1: Yeah, so how would you feel about doing a super short practice? Like me leading a suit, instead of like talking about it theoretically, me leading a super short practice. I'm game, yeah. Okay, so so the listeners can put themselves in that situation that's, um, you know, whatever it is, a big tournament, finals, maybe even, you know, tryouts. And then um, if people are willing, they can close their eyes and anchor your attention on the breath. And just take a moment to feel the belly expand with the in-breath and release with the out-breath. And then when you're ready, simply turn your kind attention to this moment of that we're going to call anxiety. And bring that moment to mind um, with as much detail and clarity as possible. And now simply notice where that feeling lives in your body. So maybe it's a rapid heart rate or a tightness in your chest. Maybe it's a slight tension in your head or your jaw. Just noticing where the feeling shows up in the body. And then noticing how the feeling actually feels. Is it warm or cool? Is it smooth or jagged? Is it big or small? Is it moving or still? And then notice or imagine if the feeling has a color or colors. And if it doesn't have a color, that's fine. And then notice or imagine if the feeling has a sound. And then when you're ready, shift your attention back to your breath. And in your own time, take three slow, deep breaths and open your eyes when you're done. (sighs) And so that practice is a, a way of befriending our feelings. We're not trying to get rid of them. We're not letting them take us over. Um, so what I like to say is that people can practice having their feelings without their feelings, having them. So often in sports or just in life, like the story is that anxiety is bad and we need to do something or change it or get rid of it. And it's like, really what we need to learn to do is to be able to let that feeling be there without it consuming us and without it. Yeah. you know, changing our performance for the worse. It's like I can feel anxious. I have the ability to feel anxious and still perform at my best.
0: Well, and that,
1: it's a skill that can be practiced over time. And just I, to, just as a note, uh-huh. that practice and all the other practices that are in the book
0: mm-hmm. are
1: recorded. So there's download audio that people can put on their phone and listen to in the locker room or on the bus or in the hotel lobby before they leave for a competition?
0: Well, I mean, I can tell you right away, I mean, because I really did go through it with you. And when I opened my eyes, I felt remarkably better because I wasn't imagining an anxiety. I mean, I didn't use a game situation, but just being live on camera. (laughs) uh, I'm I was a producer. I'm always behind camera. gives me a lot of anxiety and I don't, it's, it's interesting because I could really go through it in a legitimate, authentic way right there. And when you, yeah, you just re- realize, you recognize, I could feel exactly what you were talking about, that it had a certain, um, he- mine had a heaviness and a tingling and was silver for whatever reason. Um, but I, I will say when I opened my eyes, I felt so much better. Um, we should have done that right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we'll start with a practice yeah and so i wanted to can you tell that story too i think this really this story that you told in the book really explains it well you had the mom and daughter who were watching one of your um discussions can you just tell that story really quickly
1: yeah it i was i gave an introductory evening on general mindfulness it actually wasn't mindfulness for sports um for parents and children and this mom came i think actually with her two sons And she raised, you know, we were at the question and answer period and she raised her hand and she said, like she just started right in and she was already going really fast. And she said, I'm an anxious person and my kids are really anxious and I want to know what to do about it. And she kept going and like you could feel the whole room, you could just kind of feel the tension. And like when she paused for a breath, I looked at her and I said, you do know it's okay to feel anxious. And like you could feel her relax, you could see her kids physically relax, you could feel the whole room relax. And then we had this conversation because what was happening and what happens for for her and for her kids and then for the room um, and what happens a lot is that we feel anxious about the tryout or about the competition. But then we start feeling anxious about feeling anxious. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't feel anxious. I'm not gonna perform well. This is gonna be terrible. And so then we're just layering anxiety on top of anxiety. But when you say it's okay to feel anxious, you can make space for that anxiety. You can befriend the anxiety the way we just did. Then it's like, okay, it's just anxiety. Like, and it, you know, this happens before every meet. And um I know that I can meet it with kindness and that I can move forward. And so, you know, I think there's this idea that we're gonna do something magical where our anxiety is gonna go away. And it's like I what we're really what I'm really talking about is having this skill of befriending our anxiety so that it's not in charge. Mm -hmm. It's like, hello, anxiety, I see you're there. I can breathe into you. I know you have your natural time course and I'm just, I'm not gonna fight it. I'm not gonna give you a lot of energy. I'm just gonna say a friendly hello and let you be there till it passes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so important that little change of thought and perspective. And I hope people that are listening or watching this right now really get that. It's taking what is happening anyways Recognizing it and just saying, okay, this is okay. I, 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 from all my mindful readings, and I've had George Mumford on. And I mean, my thing I always tell the kids that when they talk about that, I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. That is supposed to be happening. Like, you have to just embrace it. All it means, this is what I, is the main thing I really say, is that it's important, right? If it wasn't important, you wouldn't feel that way. So just take that, and it's a real natural thing to feel for your body, to have the, the fear, the fight or flight, and to feel that way. It's just what we do with those feelings. And right.
1: it's, and, and it's what story we like make up about it. Like we make up that anxiety is a problem or that we have to get rid of it, or.
0: You probably, you changed that woman in her daughter's life, no doubt that day, by letting her see that from a different perspective. It's just, it's incredible.
1: And I, you can watch what happens with your thoughts and your feelings when I say this, but in the same way that we can get attached to our kids and their sports performance, we as parents, especially those of us who really think mindfulness is awesome, can get attached to our kids doing mindfulness. And so we need to be mindful of that too. And so one of the best things that we can do as parents is what I call mindfulness out loud which means just saying for our kids, what's happening for us. So saying like, um, honey, I, I got a, you know, an upsetting email. I noticed that I'm, I have a lot of feelings. I'm really, I'm going to take a moment to
0: mm-hmm.
1: process this or I'm going to go take a walk around the block or take a run. Um, and I'll be back. And I, I, you know, like. I don't mean to be snippy, and it's not about you. Um, and you know, I'm going to take some time and space for these feelings, and so we can do it in simple, subtle, honest, real ways. And then, if our kids are open, like your daughter, like you can go through the whole book with them. Um, and the the catch is, like, if we want our kids to do it, then we should probably walk the talk.
0: Yeah, and lead by example, just that in so many things as parents. I, but it, it's really funny that you said that. <laughs> my first, I, I mean, this is a really funny story. I shouldn't even admit it. But I had <laughs> three of my kids, they shared a room because they wanted to. This was years ago. And I said, tonight we're going to meditate. And I made this big thing about it. And I went in the room, and of course, they're what? I don't know, five or six, eight, and ten. And it was a disaster. And I, by, <laughs> I literally... <laughs> Towards the end of it was like just meditate. Like it was <laughs> I think one was like, Well, I'm thirsty. I don't really like the sound of this person's voice. I want to I mean, I was forcing it hardcore. And it, it's a it's a hysterical story, and I tell it all the time, but it was everything but mindful or meditative or relaxing.
1: But right. on, and and that- one way to do it is like you can also like if because I mean there is a reason that you wanted them to do it and it is a valuable skill that helps in sports and in school and relationships and jobs and life in general so I mean your intentions were really good and one of the things you can do or parents with younger kids can do now is you know make it a special time so it's like well I'm gonna go in the bedroom and I'm going to listen to this because it's really good for me and if anyone wants to join me you mm-hmm. can and they don't need to be still they don't need to be super quiet it would be nice if you could hear the audio track and you know if the, even if they're not lying in bed or sitting with their eyes closed like the the ideas are seeping in mm-hmm.
0: and then it's more
1: peaceful for you because you're not like sit down and <laughs> meditate you're it's just like This is good for me. I think it's good for you. Um, you can join me if you want. And then like if it starts to feel special or like a privilege to do it. And then um, you know, they're more interested. And if they don't do it, but they see you doing it, just like if they see you going out for a run or eating healthy food, like then it becomes more appealing.
0: Yeah, and it's somewhere in there for my for my 48th birthday last year, I had um All I asked for was to go take my whole family to a meditation specialist. And we all did a little half hour meditation, still forcing, but I think just hearing, as you're saying, just having them get used to hearing some of the terminology and seeing some of the results and going through it, it's got to be getting into their little fibers of them somehow. But um, we have one comment. Let me read this and then um, we'll be wrapping up. Uh, It's from Kelly Wright. She says, I wish all parents could summon the self-awareness. We attended our daughter's first travel volleyball team uh, tournament last weekend and sitting next to some of the other parents was challenging at best. They were so loud and so overbearing that I became completely quiet so as not to add to the obnoxious feeling in the stands. (laughs) Any thoughts on how to pass this on to other parents?
1: Um, I think there's a few things. Uh, Sometimes it's... uh it's okay to just say and you have you have like i have compassion for her cuz it's really hard to find the the thing in the moment to say um and so sometimes it does take like going to that first game and processing it for yourself and stepping back and and deciding what you want to say um but sometimes it can be as simple as that may not be helpful or I don't think they can hear the coach or can you notice how your daughter's responding each time you yell? Like often just one question because questions invoke if they're said without judgment, they do invoke kindness and curiosity. So it's like, Mm -hmm. can you notice the response when you yell like that or something like that? And then if people want to go more in depth, uh, you know, someone you might consider writing an email. And personally, when I'm writing an email for something that's loaded, I tend to let it sit for two or three days before I hit send. The more loaded the topic, the longer I wait to send it. And also then in the back of the book um, is a set of agreements. Um, There's an athlete agreement, a coach agreement and a parent agreement um, written for teams about how uh, teams choose to conduct themselves. And so, and it's not, I don't think it's the be all and end all of agreements. I just think it's a really good jumping off point for um, teams and to consider like that as a team, we agree to these following principles and you can add or delete, Uh, but you know, probably not at the game probably not in the parking lot, Um, you know, and maybe start by asking the coach, like what is his or her preferred, um, preferred philosophy for parental conduct and would he mind putting that out or even giving him the agreements that I have and saying, you know, look, I was sitting in the stands and I noticed, I noticed it was stressful for me. So I can't imagine how it was for the girls. So do you want to address that? You know, and sometimes coaches are so focused on coaching that they're not thinking about the other things that are impacting their athletes. And so we want to expand their awareness and have them create the most supportive environment for everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great advice and sharing stuff like this too, to, um, hear Dr. Saltzman talk, Kelly, sharing it around to your club and to anyone who, um, you think might might get some value or benefit from it. The more we talk about it, the more people are aware of it. Um, Dr. Amy Salzman, thank you so much. That was a great, great discussion and I hope everyone learned a lot, I know I did. Um, and also I wanted to mention that you do online courses, you have the book and you're starting one up this Sunday. You can work with teams, you can do uh, all different kinds of ways, you can work with athletes, teams, parents, and the book, again, A Still Quiet Place for Athletes, like I said, my daughter and I read it together and we just loved it. Um, you can get it at a astillquietplace.com and I'm going to put that link up on Facebook and I'll repost this with more information, including that link. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it.